Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Wedding and Event Planning, New Information and New Responsibilities, Part 1. As a good story develops, it gets more and more interesting. The participants are captivated by a game that twists and turns as revelation fuels action and drama. I think planning a wedding or special event is just as much fun as performing for one, but it's not without surprises. It is indeed an adventure of discovery, where new information is obtained or an unforeseen situation develops, provoking decision and action. Though challenged, those who are experienced and naturally organized have an easier time of it. Each event is unique. Planning and executing a large event can be a dynamic learning experience. Look for and be prepared to overcome barriers that may present themselves. In this episode, Toby and I discussed examples of just that, encountering and handling situations. And now, please enjoy Wedding and Event Planning, New Information and New Responsibilities, Part 1. We're at this point a little sooner, so... Than we anticipated, so the, the, I have to make some calls. So this is for prepared. Yes, and and you're yeah. at this point where things have grown and that they've they're moving in in the right direction, right? Yeah, they're moving in the right direction, but it takes a lot more staffing, and the money that we raised uh, initially, mm-hmm. um, which was sizable, you know. Uh, not quite a half a million, we thought we would be able to do all the back-end work. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> interestingly, what happened is the software actually was better, I mean, more functional than we had really anticipated, hmm. which meant there were more moving parts to it. Okay. Which meant mm-hmm. there had to be more testing, uh-huh. and there was no way for us to put on more people uh, from the development side because of the time it would take to not train them, but um, try and get you know new people to understand what we were doing. Okay, because so mm-hmm. much of it is coding. Right. In other words, um, uh, the algorithms. So we've gotten to this really important stage where we really wanted to be at this stage in August instead of October. Uh-huh. So, so we thought we'd be a little farther along. So now we need to have an infusion of another seed round Not as big as the first, but enough to see us through March before we present in front of venture capitalists for a much larger investment. Because in order to go national, we will need that larger infusion. Wow. But you usually, just so you know, not that you're asking me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, before you get the opportunity or even want to be in front of venture capitalists, you have to be far enough along that the value of your company is high enough so that the shares that a, a VC would invest will not be as um will be more valuable so that the lo- they won't have to n- need a bigger percentage of your business okay a vc venture capitalist oh, okay okay good thank you just a faster way of saying it yeah 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 so we got to this in, this important point 
where we don't want to run out of time or money. Right. So I and everybody who's involved uh, on the uh, as far as being a um, what do we call it board member or uh, yeah board member founder whatever uh-huh. in other words so it's our responsibility to raise the funds mm-hmm. and so it's my turn yeah <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to reach out so I apologize ahead of time. I was trying to reach this one person um, earlier and wasn't able to. So if I should get a call, oh please, yeah, from take this, care of business. I have to take the call. Right. But that's the only way I'd be interrupted. Well, that's exciting. I, yeah. I think that's that's wonderful. It, it's funny because I I, I sorry, but um, yeah, but there are so many um, corollaries or so many um, parallel activities that go with, you know, giving birth, so to speak, to uh, prepared.com and, or any new venture, yeah. any new yeah. business and uh, activity. And indeed, you know, a wedding is something that is giving uh, new life to a relationship or giving, uh, it's a new beginning to yeah. life, you know, to a yeah. life together. Absolutely. And that I'm, yeah, I, I could just see where a, a bride might get to a point where, you know, she's planning and everything is like this and this. Oh, no, we, we need another $20,000 or something. Or oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I hate to tell you how often. Well, it didn't happen that often, but it always happened for a good reason. In other words, it wasn't because um, someone was was not being responsible and, you know, just overspent. But it happens because they don't realize that um, they forgot about something important or mm-hmm. wasn't they weren't aware that it was not included. Right. In fact, oh boy, I know we want to talk about acoustics today, right? That's that's fine. No, we're we're, we're off okay. and running. I I, I... <laughs> okay, but I just I just wanted to mention this because it it's uh, speaks to your point. You know, it's one thing when families start out and they talk about a budget Mm -hmm. and they go to the parents and they talk among themselves and they figure out what they can afford to contribute or what they want to contribute, whether it's a money issue or not. And then the family and the bride and groom think they've done a very good job of estimating mm-hmm. what things cost. In mm-hmm. fact, many times they'll go to sites and they'll get the paperwork and, you know, and within this two week period, you know, a lot of chatter goes back and forth and they think they've got it covered. Mm-hmm. And then I would sit down with them. And then before I was even hired, because I felt this was so important for them to, you know, I and part of it is the trust factor, you know. Mm-hmm. Do they trust you enough to talk about money? That wow. tells you a lot. Right. And so that wasn't the reason I was asking them, but I knew if they opened up to me, then I knew I had a chance that we might be well suited for each other. Okay. So on one of these occasions, I had the parents of the bride and <laughs> the bride and groom and I think maybe the sister of the groom, there was one other person from the groom's family, but not the parents. Mm-hmm. So I always asked if I could talk about it because I didn't want to bring up an issue that maybe is only talked in private. I see. And to even suggest it, it could be alarming to one or more. of the people attending this meeting. So I would just ask them, you know, for me to know if we're a good match, I kind of need to know, you know, where you're planning to have your wedding and if you have any vendors and what general budget you're working with. I don't have to know the specifics. 
Because depending on what your taste level is, which I'm going to kind of determine today, if I see any red flags, whether you hire me or not, I want to give you that information. And that's kind of how I went with it so that they let them know that this was not a question that I want to know how much you're you're going to spend so I know how to charge you because right. I never charged a percentage. It was a flat fee. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. most of the time there's sometimes we had add ons, but I just wanted to set them at ease if I could. Well, in doing this, one of the parents just said, well, it's not going to be a dime over you know, $50,000. And I said, well, that's, that's quite a chunk. Mm-hmm. You know, how mm-hmm. many people are you planning to have? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we could invite 200. Well, now I got a little nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I had a hunch where they wanted to have their wedding. And I'm saying, nah, I don't know if that's going to be enough. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that I felt I could ask is not the bride and groom, because I knew they knew what they had in mind, but as to ask the parents, what do you think it's going to look and feel like? What would you like to see? Or if you've talked already about this in detail, mm-hmm. what's your impression of what this wedding is going to be like? Even if it doesn't match, that's not the issue, you know, of accuracy. But, you know, what are you in, envisioning? Mm-hmm. Because with those words, I could feel whether it's about them, their reputation, their children's wish, mm-hmm. a little of both, or they rather not be really in it. They just want to give the money and wash their hands with it. I mean, there are so many combinations But with the words and how they were expressing themselves told me how much into it they were, Mm -hmm. how much they wanted to be a part of it if they weren't yet, what controls they wanted to have, Mm. and what their priorities were. Holy smokes. That's right. Holy smokes. You really have to find out... Yeah, I well, okay, that makes but sense. But you do the same thing. Yes, but I, I don't, don't do it for own. the whole wedding. <laughs> I know, I know. So now you know how wow. that meeting can take two hours. Oh, easily. easily. To draw all that out because, and some people would, would shake their heads uh, at me and say, well, Toby, you're not doing a full service wedding. You're only doing this amount for them. And I said, you know something, if I can get to them early enough, which I know you're going to is on your mind, you're going to be able to head off trouble at the pass and it's going to be good for them. Yes. And good for me. Yes. Which is what you do. That's why you want to meet with them. And that's why it's hard for couples today who are into, you know, the lateral things, I think, basically, the, the linear things, I really should say, as, you know, this is where we want it to be, this is what we want, how much, and they're not really thinking about the motivations or some of the other things about it, mm-hmm. which lead me to what you wanted to talk about. Because if, if somebody is really attuned to sound, music, atmosphere, the pace of what they want their wedding to be like. Oh my gosh. Acoustics, how things are visually set up, where the sound is balanced, whether you need two or four speakers, whether you need specific types of microphones, because as you know, When you're speaking and you have a long, narrow room, you have to use one um, microphone that is for distance and clarity. If you're in a shallower, wider one, 
area. It, I know couples don't know these facts. Yeah. That you do, but the point is, is the more you know, the, the more, more you, know. you you know how to make it happen for them to service them. How I'm going to shut up and listen no. to what you <laughs> have to say about your experience. Wow! Wow! Well, okay. Um, first, l- l- let me just revisit this thing about, um, gosh, all of all of the aspects of, you know, in a previous discussion, we mentioned you mentioned uh, yeah. the expectation. Um, you mentioned the service level, or again, what is their how? What are they used to? It's very interesting that that a client would say, "Well, you know, not a not a penny over fifty thousand dollars." You know, yeah. Well, then, to me, they've they've uh, entertained before, yeah, and they are used to entertaining, and they kind of already know what things cost generally. Generally, yeah. But then there's the um, the aspect of well. You know, this is a, a formal affair, and it's and it is a wedding, and then you know, here we go, you know, and you, <laughs> and in fact, you had mentioned um, uh, wine service. How there's a separate yeah. staff just for wine service. This was in a, in a previous talk, and yeah, and I'm and I'm just thinking, holy smokes, you know, like uh, I, I suppose you could um, turn a blind eye to all of that, and you know, uh, invite some friends over. Uh, and open up a keg of beer and have a wedding. You, you, <laughs> of you, course, you could do that, you know. Yeah. And I, and and you know and I and I wouldn't say that 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 couple who did that uh, is going to have any less fun or have a have a Absolutely. less meaningful Absolutely. time. Uh, I I maintained I've always maintained that uh, it's not uh, how much you spend on a wedding; it's what happens mm-hmm. at the wedding. And, um, and I joke and I, I, I shouldn't say this, but, but you could have your wedding in the parking lot of Kmart, you know, and it could be a very, very meaningful, meaningful, you know, event. Yeah. Um, but, um, the the event that you're referring to, um, was a, a dinner party and it was a thank you, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to donors to a, a, a charity uh-huh. and I frankly don't know what the charity was or I haven't gotten that far yet that that information but I was struck just just completely struck by the um, the acoustics of the yeah. of the room and um, I had performed at that room before I never gave it a second thought, but really? yeah, I did. I, I didn't, when I first performed in that room, I hadn't, hadn't thought about this, but it is the, um, the sunset room. Oh in, yes. Yes. Know it well. At the, uh, the Beverly Hills hotel. Yes. And I figure you would know that room and you know, there yeah. are no square or, or how can I say nope. it? Perpendicular. It's yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, it's kind of like, uh, there's a, there's a, Set of there's wind- one straight. Yeah, there's one. There's a short straight wall, and then the curved windows. There's a short straight wall, but you know that wall is not completely straight because because there is a, a bow in it. Yes. And I'm going yep. like, holy smokes! Now, now, did somebody just get creative <laughs> and decided to do something else, or were they well, re- really thinking about acoustics? I don't know. There is a domed yeah. ceiling. Yes. In, in that room. Yes. Yes. And and, and the, the the reflective surfaces are not harsh. Reflective nope. surfaces are they're soft, and and it just disperses the room. It's it's almost in a. It's it's almost in a, how can I say a triangle shape? This room almost with one of the sides being rounded, and yeah. uh, but then the other two sides are bowed just a bit. Yeah, and just the and you throw some some up lights. You throw in some uh, pin spotted centerpieces, and and it was just. A beautiful atmosphere, but the acoustics. I, um, the elegant music quartet performed flute, violin, cello, and piano. Now, they chose to have the piano outside in the cocktail hour area. Yeah. And that was for uh, a pianist for the cocktail hour. And so they didn't want to move it in afterwards. And so I had to bring my portable piano, which was yeah. fine. And what I did, <laughs> looking looking at the... Uh, 
at the room, I faced my speakers to the back wall. And and, oh. and so the sound just kind of like permeated around the room from my keyboard. I'll so, be done. So in other words, they weren't getting direct no, they sound weren't. from from the speaker, but it was a reflected sound from the back wall. And then of course the flute, violin, and cello were in fact acoustic and, and unamplified. Yeah. yeah. And you know, everybody was talking and it was loud and it was it was everybody was having a yeah. great time, very animated. But I got up and walked around while the trio was playing, the flute, violin, mm-hmm. and cello trio was playing. And you could hear it clear as a bell everywhere, regardless of the volume that everybody no was talking. Kidding. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And, and one of the things that I haven't really thought of until just now, mm-hmm. but that certain shapes of the room would reflect certain sounds. And the cello, for instance, just had this beautiful round oh. presence to it. It was it was amazing how big that that single mm-hmm. instrument was sounding. And then the sparkle of the flute, and then the and then the the beauty of the violin, and and they um, it seemed like each instrument played off of a different aspect of the room, and it all came no together. Yeah, it just bounced around, and it all came together somehow. I don't know. I I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> But yes, it, it was really something, and the the client um, was very very happy. Oh, and, and well, he, that's always the best. <laughs> and he, he was just like, um, yeah. So, so I would I wanted to speak with you uh, about not only that room, mm-hmm. but in the planning process, choosing a location, choosing a room. Uh, and if you're outside, well, choosing a location that you yeah. know, is not really a room, but it's a location. Yeah. And, and so how does that, you know, all of this, in, in my impressions of this uh, sunset room of the Beverly Hills Hotel, is that it functioned very well acoustically. And aesthetically, it was just off the top. It was just absolutely mm-hmm. aesthetically beautiful. Um, and for that number of 90 guests... You know, you can fit 100 people in that room, and it was perfect. The acoustics for the live music were, were perfect. And so I'm sure that there are other aspects of choosing a location and choosing a room and, and you know, working with this, this uh, couple that you were, you were just telling me the story about and how they came to or how you guided them to choose a particular location and how that functioned well for them. Well, they had certain places in mind mm-hmm. and they were all lovely places. I knew that that their budget would need to be stretched a little bit. And here's an interesting fact. The bride was very concerned about the um, not going over the budget either. In other mm-hmm. words, it wasn't just the mom or the dad. It, it it the bride was insistent, and that usually happens because you've got really good parents that probably put them through college, and in this case, it was law school, mm-hmm. and so the, they don't want them to put out any more money. You know, it's they, they recognize all that their parents have done to support them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they don't want their parents to go overboard, which is a wonderful thing. And so it's a signal to me that I what's so important is for for me to get everybody to understand what that amount of money, whatever it happens to be will buy them Mm -hmm. and how will that match what they're saying their style and preferences are and sense of quality and or how much plug and play or customization they really want Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. each of the locations that they were talking about were not the same 
when it came to those things. Uh-huh. And, and a lot of people don't think about that because they assume if it's a hotel, if, you're, if you have three hotels, that they're in the price range is pretty close that or not that far apart, that it should be pretty similar. But it isn't because some hotels are run with multiple events happening at the same time because it's a larger hotel. Others are smaller. And so their attitudes are different toward the usage of the property. Mm -hmm. And still others are different because they do an awful lot of corporate maybe and not too much social. So their attitudes about booking rooms and using space to practice or uh, set up are different than the other two. Hmm. So they're all three hotels, but they all operate differently. They have different parking uh, prices, and some are only valet, some are self-park and valet, and some of them discourage valet, frankly, mm-hmm. for a wedding. So because as... they don't want to have they don't have a lot of turnaround space, so they would prefer that they use the uh, the self parking. Right. So so area. as a as a coordinator then. Mm-hmm. You listen to the the family, listen to the couple, listen to the adjectives they're using, and yeah. um, kind of look at what their budget might be and 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 the taste level and things like this. And then yeah. they come to you with suggestions of locations, and and then you and your uh, experience mm-hmm. uh, f- having done events at these locations. Can yeah. can think with you know seeing the big picture and seeing the um, yeah. what has worked in the past for these locations, having to guide the client now into uh, correct decisions. Well, at least the decisions that will back up their priorities. Right. I mean, that's really you know what it is. It's because sometimes there are options and they have to decide really what's more important and this i'm going to have another plug here for prepared <laughs> well that i you know it's funny but, but the reason i'm yeah. mentioning this is this is one of the reasons that drove me to do this it because, so works yes it totally works yeah because you can't expect a couple to know all this about a site exactly. or a service and so what we tried to do on the back end of prepared was to ask an enormous amount of questions, actually an obnoxious <laughs> amount of questions oh, to the, yeah. to the, um, the client, to the venues, actually, oh, the venues. not so much, not so much to the bride and groom, but the venues, mm. literally, I mean, pages and pages for this very reason, because, we wanted to make sure that we could, in with our algorithm, uh, connote what is special, different, and I'd say pretty normal for specific services mm-hmm. uh, at various locations. So to give you an example of the parking, so when talking with this family... I knew that we would have to have some valet Mm -hmm. because there was going to be a fair amount of older people. And even if those older people, I mean, it's just natural. They're not going to want to go if they're in their 70s and 80s. They're not being thrilled going up and down stairs. They would prefer if there's not an elevator that takes them directly from the parking lot to the floor in which they're going to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that this would be a, um, a hardship for some. And then if you have to get 
wheelchairs or people to assist them. I mean, you're asking for so many levels of intervention, then it's not a good place. Uh-huh. So for them, another couple, it would be fine. But this particular couple uh, and both families uh, were thrilled that they had so many older relatives and friends that would be able to come and witness this event. So it was necessary to make sure that the location had enough of easy access parking, and if not, to use the valet, which in some small measure would affect their budget. Mm -hmm. In any place you go, a parking could be as little as $5 to $35 a car, literally. Usually, if you're having a special event at a location that charges $35 as a rack rate for overnight parking or um, several hours, you can usually get it to half for a special event mm-hmm. if, you, if the host is um, having enough people. It, it, you know, they make some concessions. Not always, because sometimes the parking is a separate company and they don't have that flexibility Mm -hmm. or agility Mm -hmm. to do that. But let's say it goes down to half, so it's $16 or $17. Well, if you have 100 people, $17 can not be that much, but it adds up, up. you know. And 200 people, (laughs) now we're getting into some bucks here, you know? Uh And this truly has happened where the father of the bride will pop up and say, I won't use the language they usually use. However, (laughs) they'll say, I'll I'll be damned if I'm spending $3,000 for, you know, to park, you know, cars for blah, blah, blah. And... I, that's as much as my wife paid for her dress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we all chuckle about it, but, you know, I get it, you know, but fortunately, if you get the families at an early enough stage, you can talk about that. Well, what's more important to you? Yeah. Do you want your family to come in and have an ease of going into the building? Because I can tell you from many years of experience that if your guests enter comfortably, are greeted graciously, I don't care if it's a backyard uh, wedding, you know, or uh, you're at uh, top of a mountain or, you know, uh, at a restaurant or a hotel. If they can get to the place easily, park easily, enter easily, be greeted graciously, they're in a good mood, and it will be off to a great start. If any of those three that I just mentioned Mm -hmm. doesn't happen, and there is frustration of any kind, it will not set the mood (laughs) the way you want it. And it's that's even before anything starts, <laughs> you know, not thinking of the weather, not thinking of the time of day, not, you know, wondering if everybody's in place. It's just getting the people there. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I know. I, I, I chuckle because it's like anything. You want your piano tuned? Well, first of all, it's hard to find a piano tuner, a really good one. It is. But you can find one. And you can find them for $250. You can find them for $550. And you can find them for 1000 or more. How much skill do you want them to have? Mm. You know, Mm. are they able to, to fix the key, you know, that's chipped? Or are they just going to do the the tuning? Are they going to tell you when the hammers are a little worn? 
Oh, man. <laughs> and that's why it's getting out of tune more often. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God, we can go on and on. But the, the, the point is, is the more you can point out and ask and learn initially, whether you were talking about a room, whether we're talking about their budget or just their perceptions and what they want on that wedding day, the better any professional can serve them. And that's what it is. It's serving others. Exactly right. Exactly right. With prepared... I, I I didn't know that that the vendors are um, vetted. I guess is that the correct word, vetted, or uh, vetted? Yes, is that the correct word? Yes, uh, it's, it's, it's it's. You know, some people feel it's a negative word. You know, vetted, but not really. I should I mean, look it up. I, I, I should. What what we do? Um, vetting means, in my estimation, you're wanting to make sure that they're able to do what they say they want to do and and that they're in other words they're legally and ethically you know in tune Mm -hmm. with the standards you're trying to set that's why people are vetted for political offices and all kinds of things so you know but it really is interviewing on a deep level is right. really what we it's do. It's interviewing on a deep, deep level. So then with Prepared, yeah. you really uh, um, understand the vendors and the service that they provide. And then there's some kind of scoring or there's some kind of um, information that is entered yeah. into the, the system there. Yep. And then um, the the client or the bride and their, their company or their, and their mm-hmm. family uh, get asked probably not as many questions, but they are asked questions to determine their, how they fit into all of this or what they're, again, what they're expecting and what they need and, and their vision and and this type of thing and, and possible, possibly even, oh, I would say uh, predicting their reaction to certain situations. Absolutely. Because that will determine what level of service and care they need that they would need some it. some people are very self-sufficient mm-hmm. whether they know a lot about something or not but their attitude is that they they can take care of it and they're willing you know to do without a little service or a little customization or quality because of what they want to happen and want to have so they're what they perceive as correct for them is going to be different from another couple who is really bent on having great food and great, you know, liquor and wine because they're foodies. Mm -hmm. So their, if you will, their formula will be heavy on quality um, and not Going and the person that or persons who would be good for that particular couple will not necessarily match the other couple where they're very self sufficient. Uh And so we use the questions to figure out uh, a small group, let's say three to five vendors in each of the categories Mm -hmm. that they're looking for, Mm -hmm. or if they're looking for a venue as well, what will work for them given the criteria that they have expressed in various ways through our general filtered questions that most sites use and then our what we like to call our insightful personality and attitude questions Mm. and as well as the index of preferences uh, that we have set up for them to disperse a specific number of points among the services 
so in their position as well as the amount so we can tell the integration of all of the services which gives us information on just how important certain things are in relation to other things mm-hmm. so it gives us more of a picture it's kind of automating what we have been talking about and what I have done for so many years. I try to put it in an automated fashion to simulate, can never match perfectly, but simulate and get to those answers that are needed to be the most accurate and the most helpful to people. The magic comes in when they talk and relate to those people that are representing the venues and vendors. When they talk to you, Uh then you can fine-tune whatever they're telling you. But at least you've been connected with someone who would appreciate the level of service and knowledge and experience and attention to the musicality and all that you bring. Because not that you don't do a variety of levels of service when needed, but let's face it, ideally, you would like to work with people that appreciate music. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, you're not there just to spin the records or, you know, click on the music. You know, someone said that, um, yeah, the the price of a harpist is is a rounding error. (laughs) You know, in other words, that whether or not they have a harpist or not, or whether or not they have music or not is kind of like, well, you know, they uh, had planned on this budget. And so they're they're about, you know, two thousand dollars over that budget. Well, that's that's what. That's what music is going to cost, you know, or, mm. or you know, or, or this type of thing. And and I, uh, I, something that you alluded to a little bit earlier here is that, you know, how, how can you how could you not do a good job? And and this is what I mean. How can you withhold service from something that you're uh, aware that needs to be handled? Yeah. In other words, it, it, I think it's a pretty cold person to, you know, be driving um, on the freeway and see somebody has got a flat tire or their, their, their tire is very, very low and they might be continuing to drive. But you could tell that, you know, in another couple of miles, this is going to be yeah. a shredded tire, you know. And yeah. so the person roll down, rolls down his window in motions and points at the tire and goes, yeah. hey, you know. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm p- pointing this out to you and everything like this, you know, and uh, and what I'm saying is it's a pretty cold person that would, would look at that and they go, oh, all right, I don't, I'm not going to mention that, you know. And yeah. so it, it, I, how do you, how do you, how do you withhold service or how do you, how do you? Well, there are, there are times that someone would say, look, you know, we have X amount of money and what you're describing um, is above that. And as much as we would like to work with you, um, we just can't go over our budget for, you know, coordination. And I I would always tell them I respect that. I, I really do. The challenge anyone has in making these decisions has to be with their priorities. And then I ask them to recheck that in their mind. Are they willing to take the responsibility for things that might not be, that they can't perceive now that Mm. that Mm. might happen? And I give them an an example. And And I used to say, you know, this is not to scare you or to twist your arm. It's to inform you mm-hmm. that there mm-hmm. are certain things that are intangible. And many people 
want to make this straightforward, and I really appreciate that. However, there are certain services that are a little ephemeral, if I can use that word. Excellent word. That can't always be pinned down in black and white. And it's a matter of wanting to have that blanket of comfortness and protection. And if, you know, if you don't feel you need it or value that, I get it. Uh There'll be somebody else out there for you Mm -hmm. that will give you what you want. Mm -hmm. And whatever consequences come with that, you'll roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. um, (laughs) I I think that what you're buying when you uh, hire an experienced vendor uh, or an experienced coordinator Mm -hmm. is you... You're buying their professionality. What, what I mean is, is that a professional will take uh, <laughs> a professional will take the whole picture and make it work for the situation, and mm-hmm. will I I, I I I hate to say that I would give away free service, but sometimes I'm so ex, uh, inspired mm-hmm. by by a bride where she comes up she says oh i just saw this movie and i have to have this particular song that is not available written down anywhere it's not written down anywhere yeah <laughs> and so so she wants the quartet to play that and so and and she hasn't she doesn't know anything about music and so she doesn't know it's going to take me a day or, or maybe two you know hours if not days to write this thing out and but i will do that I, I, I cautiously say that, but, but it, it's, it's a valuable service because, you know, when they hear that song and when, when it, you know, everybody cries and it's a big deal, yeah. you know, it, it's, a, it's a great effect. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think that, I, you know, I had a, a gentleman contact me, actually his, his fiance t- contacted me first and and she says, well, we only have, you know, this, this budget. And it just wasn't, it wasn't in the ballpark. It wasn't anywhere near real, you know, for, for what, um, for, well, for instance, in this case, I, I hadn't seen the location, but I was assuming that the ceremony would be in one location, the cocktail hour would be in another location, and the reception would be in another location, needing at least two setups, maybe three setups, uh, to be able to provide music in, in all of those locations. And yet they're, they're saying, oh, you have to agree to doing this event in this for this amount of money before we talk. And so there were so many things that were unknown mm-hmm. to me and to yeah. everyone, to, the, to them, stuff that they didn't know yeah and so i what i sent them i just said well you know if if this is the case this might be what you're looking at and i showed them an itinerary i did did mm-hmm. them did a sketch for them and showed them that this is one location now we'd have to move the loca- the equipment yeah. to this next location otherwise have two setups and this yeah. type of thing and i and i so that alone oh, is that is was what an exercise is what yeah is is Adding to the event is something mm-hmm. that you might not have thought of. Yeah. And and just in terms of timing and everything like this. And so just want to want you to be aware of what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. And as I learn about your event, then I learn how I can surface you. I can help you. Mm-hmm. But if you're just asking me, you have to, this is my budget and have to agree to this price, yeah. which is... Not even anywhere near what you know it would be. But but again, you know, I would like to get to know these people. I would like to be inspired by these people, and I would like to do do a really good job for people. 
if they inspire me, you know, and, and that's where I'm, you know, it's, it's a two way street here. You know, <laughs> I, I get, I get a lot of pleasure really out of yeah. almost, almost as much, you know, I, I, I say that, uh, you know, performing, you know, for, for an event is, is a lot of fun. It really, really is. But planning for for that event and planning the the music and planning how the performance will happen and and dotting those I's and crossing those T's and really making it and then within that process of of talking with the client, then you find out something about them mm-hmm. where holy smokes, they're really into square dance music and and <laughs> fortunately you, fortunately yeah. my violinist can play Foggy Mountain Breakdown and and, no and and can play some hoedown music and suddenly yeah. we in that quite spontaneously break into this particular thing that oh wouldn't that be fabulous you know and, well it was it was fabulous there, there was a particular event where it was a um, it was a, an anniversary party and the kids were planning this anniversary party for the parents. Would a would a saxophone player with a keyboard player be the best? Because they really like Glenn mm-hmm. Miller and and jazz and things like this, you know. But they also like classical music. And w- would you think the violin and and yeah. keyboard would have been better, you know? And so we're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I finally decided that well, you know, if I there's a particular violinist that I like using who can play classical music, but then he also plays swing music on the violin. So I figure, okay, so let's have the violin there. It's a more delicate sound rather than a saxophone. Mm-hmm. It's a smaller room. So let's let's have it this way. And it wasn't until I opened up the floor for toasts and people would were coming forward to toast the couple. Mm-hmm. Did I find out through through these people toasting that these people are square dance? aficionados that they that oh they they dance square dance so i asked the violinist i said do you know foggy mountain breakdown yeah. he says oh yeah i can play that i said great okay right after this they're gonna cut the cake and we were gonna go into this dance and everything like this you know and we did their first dance we cut the cake we did their first dance and everybody danced to this thing and i think it was um oh what was the song uh, stardust it was oh. the song song Stardust. So we we played okay. played Stardust, and we we finished the song, and 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 I had gotten people up to to join them. Uh-huh. There, people are on the dance floor after dancing to Stardust, and then two, three, four, yan da 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 da, and we just did this hoedown, and and, the pl- and people were square dancing. That's what all their guests, all their guests, all of them were. were oh my god! There was this huge contingent of of square dancers in this in this room. Nobody mentioned this to me at all, but I mean, <laughs> from hearing the toasts, I learned this. And bam! Oh, the bridegroom must have been absolutely well. This this was an anniversary. It was an anniversary mood. party. I mean, I'm sorry, the the yeah. honorees. And they were oh. and and they were completely blown away. The um, the service staff just saw this thing erupt, and they literally moved the tables out because <laughs> there was no dancing at this. No, no real real dancing. You know, yeah. and they just spontaneously just like spread the tables out and move the tables out, and we just let it loose, and it was, wow. it was a huge, huge success. But I mean, again, you, you know, so I, I invite people to t- tell me mm-hmm. <laughs> about things and talk to them, yeah. and I can usually read their mind and read the tea leaves and figure things out that um, would do something that is. You're right; it's intangible. It, it, it is intangible. How can you put a price tag on that thing happening? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's so true. It's that spontaneous things. But it comes from a sensitivity, though, that I think a people that um, are really focused and dedicated and love the art of what they do, that's... Uh, allows them to open up and receive that information and use it uh, in a way that's going to be the most beneficial for everyone. And I I don't uh, point fingers and say someone 
needs or has to be that way. However, if you can find the right person that can do that and you meet that couple or client that appreciates that Mm -hmm. aspect, oh my gosh. I mean, it's kind of like what happens when you become friends with someone. I've often asked uh, uh, myself, you know, when, when a potential client came in and I just wasn't feeling it, you know, it mm-hmm, wasn't that mm-hmm. I was having an off day or they were having an off day, possibly. It just, you know, we weren't clicking and I, I could have done their wedding and many times I did, but I just wasn't really in sync and, or maybe, you know, for them as well as me, I'm not saying (laughs) it was their problem. And I often felt after those events that I was glad I did it. it was a good experience, but it was harder because I, I had to, forcibly put my head in a a different spot Hmm. to make them to work for them in the best light for them. Yeah. Um, because their priorities were generally different than I would have expected, um, to work with. And there are times that I had to let certain things slide or not attend to Mm -hmm. because that wasn't their priority. And so I learned over time to gracefully try and step away from those events. Because in the end, even though I know I had bills to pay, if your heart isn't in it, and or you are having to put aside your standards it's it's not a good feeling mm. and y- you may invite other events like that into your business because you participated in an event and someone actually liked what happened there but it wasn't what you would have done under normal circumstances and so you face the opportunity again to do something that you would not be comfortable doing Mm -hmm. so you know sometimes the outcomes are not anticipated not only by the client but also by the vendor or venue right You know, there are some there are some venues that say, you know, we just discourage having uh, bar and bar mitzvahs. We prefer to have adult events because they're just not cut out to handle a lot of kids mm-hmm. and all the ramifications a lot of kids bring, <laughs> like more security <laughs> and such. There are times when you're under certain parameters in a business, and so you you don't want to frustrate anybody and cause undue uh, distress. And so I've learned that that there there are some places that are better for certain activities than others. Yes, the location has a lot to do with it. And, it does, and and I love that about prepared, is that you're you're pairing up. Well, I, the, the the analogy is that there's food, you know, you're having having fish or something, you know, and so a white wine would go well with that that fish, you know, or or you're having yeah. steak, so the red wine would go would be paired, so to speak. Yeah, and and so to have a having a client, and then they want a particular event uh, location, so pairing that event with the client. And then pairing those vendors with that client, 
and those services um, with that client. And then it's just a, um, it bodes well for the success of that, that event. Yeah. So I, exactly. I, I look forward to hearing more of your, uh, your success with prepared.com <laughs> and the, um, uh, the development as it's coming forward. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D dot com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.